Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Happy Father's Day. Fathers. Fathers, raise your hands for me. How many fathers? Okay. Spiritual fathers, raise your hands for me. <laughs> Some of you know. Some of you know. Good. You know, I have to start this morning. Um, you're probably just noticing this is, this is where God's taking us. I'm, I'm, uh, more and more, it seems like every week, I know that God's taken us to a place where we're not just talking about things. We're not just teaching and learning about things, but um, he wants to show up and do things. And um, it's, <clears throat> it's the Father's heart. Um, and that's why more and more he's moving us in, in, a, in a direction where he can express his a Father's love for us. And we're going to be doing that this morning. Um, we're going to do several things. Um, there's going to be some teaching, but... <laughs> um, some of the places that we're going this morning um, call for us to engage our faith in it. So I'm actually going to start. I don't usually do this. I get these kinds of things pretty frequently, but an email came this week from someone who was visiting from Texas here last week, and I just want to read this little blessing, this little thank you back. Um, so she writes, I just wanted to let you know what an amazing worship I had at your church today. I learned so many things about the Holy Spirit that I, I will always remember. Your congregation gave me the warmest welcome and made me feel right at home. Thank you for allowing me to partake in communion, even though I'm not a member. Thank you for taking time to anoint and pray over me. It was edifying and encouraging. I received a miracle while I was there. I've had chronic TMJ in my right jaw for a long time. When I got in my car, I noticed that the pain was completely gone. Alleluia. May you and your church be blessed. And then her name, Visitor from Texas. So, You know, so I'm reading that because I get those and for, ver for various reasons, most of the time I don't feel led to, to read them out from up here. But I have to tell you, this morning, um, what I'm teaching on this morning uh, is leading us to things that God wants to do today that requires our faith to be engaged. And I just want you to know that th this is not an isolated story. The presence of God is among us and his love um, his presence in this place is going out more and more and more and more. Now, I'm, I'm always encouraging those who are receiving touches from God to, like, please let me know when you're ready to give that testimony. Um, but you know that it takes time. Some, those are in, intimate moments, right? So sometimes people need time or they're in the middle of it. You know, God, sometimes the touch of his love is sometimes a process, right? Sometimes for years, I know, I needed the touch of love for like a process of years and years and I'm still in the process. So half the time we know we have a testimony, we're not totally clear on exactly what it is yet, right? We know we're being loved. So um, I just had to start there. Praise God. If you're not aware of it, his presence is reaching out in so many ways 
in this body, and I think we're just getting started. Do you believe that with me? We're just getting started. Um, so um, this morning, I'm just going to start by talking with you before we head to the scripture, okay? And um, this first part's a little difficult, so I've actually prayed, you know, Lord, help me say this well. Um, but do you know that, uh, how should I start this? Actually, let me, let me go ahead and look at this. Do you know that the word of God is full of principles, and I have to say that's not my favorite word, but it's full of um, spiritually grounded truths about the way God ordered, ordered things. In other words, the way that it works, okay? So even when you read uh, Old Testament stories, you know, that, that part that gets neglected lots of times, hopefully I don't do that, but even when you read of those characters, you know you're reading stories actual stories, testimonies of how it actually works, not how this world tells us it works or the systems of this world want to make us believe that it works. But you know, the, the creator ordered things according to his design, which means he's the one who, is, who established how it actually works. I know some of the things, I'm just keep tracking with me. This is going somewhere. Um, and you know, I have to put this in there too. You know, the enemy, um, his strategy has and always will be um, to confuse us or to insert lies to make us think it works in a way that is not God's order, that is not the w how it works, right? You know what happens when, when um, even just right in the beginning with Adam and Eve, the enemy shows up and what does he say? He says, did God really tell you that? So God gave them certain principles or, or order about how, how it should work. You should do this and not do this. Why did he, why did he give them those, those guidelines? Because it's the Father's heart. He loved them, and he wanted them to live according to how it works. The enemy shows up and, and says, did he tell you that's how it works? That's not, I can show you another way. You can do it a different way, right? Isn't that what the story says? He's always trying to make us think it works a way that is not God's order, amen? Now, here's what I want to tell you. Here, here's where we're going with this. Um, I firmly believe that um, I can speak for our current culture and our current country. It's probably universally true. But I'm just going to say I believe that it's true that we're, we are in an age where many of much, let me say, much of God's ordering, the way he established for things to work, has been so attacked that, um, that uh, we no longer view things from the way he ordered it a lot of the time. Um, let me give you an example. Um, there's a big push to um, redefine the family, right? We're all, it's just a, a clear and easy example. I could give about a hundred of them, okay? But it's a very clear example of this world, the enemy's insertion into this world to reorder God's order so that we, we take ourselves out of blessing. You know, a father's heart is, and we are going to be doing father's heart things today on Father's Day, but you know, a father's heart is always to love. 
<laughs> you can't make me not love my son. Not even my son can make me not love my son as hard as he tries sometimes, right? That's, that's a father's heart. And a father's heart is, is always trying to show um, live according to this order because that's where blessing is because I made it that way. I'm the designer of the universe. I ordered it, okay? Now, I want to tell you, and I'm going to illustrate this next part in a story and, and in, a, in a biblical story, and we're about to jump in there, but I want to tell you that oftentimes in the scriptures, we are reading of people are a whole culture for that matter, but we're reading of people, actual people who illustrate in the word of God living out of something that is of God's order. Does that make sense? Um, and what I, what I really want to tell you is, is that they, what you see in the stories is that they did it, um, they lived in such a way. Now, not always. I'm talking about, <laughs> right? They're people. Um, but there are stories of them um, living in a way where believing that the truth is the way God ordered it is matter of fact for them. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to show you this. It's matter of fact. They, they believe things that now we read it, now after, um, what do you call it? after the scientific revolution and we're grounded in the laws of science, the laws of economics. Um, they didn't view it that way. They, they lived, in, at least in some of the stories, and we're going to look at one, they lived as if God's order was what's matter of fact, and we've strayed from that. Have any of you um, ever had a season in your life where um, God's provision did not follow the economic laws or principles of this world? <laughs> I've had phases where where I was fired and, and uh, things happened and um, we should have starved to death and lived in a cardboard box. Our standard of living didn't even change. Like, not at all. I look back at it and I'm like, you couldn't crunch the numbers in any way to show how God's provision, how a spiritual reality of the way God orders things did not have... The, um, did not follow this world's economic impact. Are you following me? Economic rules. Okay. Okay, let's jump in. Turn with me. Um, I want to start in Genesis um, 27, chapter 27. While you're turning there, um, I'm going I'm to set this up. This is, uh, this is Isaac um, doing the Father's blessing or giving the Father's blessing to Jacob and Esau, okay? And just in case, I know many of you probably know the story very well, but um, Jacob, many times throughout Jacob's life, he supplants Esau. In fact, that's what his name means, supplanter, okay? And what's happened is, um, I'm going to give the short version. Jacob has tricked Isaac, their father, into giving him the blessing that should go to Esau because Esau is the firstborn. Now, let me throw this out there. How many of you feel like um, in your life there are, there are seasons you can look back at, or maybe your whole life feels this way, where you've been passed over, where you're second? I'm always second. It seems like the blessing. I want to tell you that this story is 
full of God's heart for and his redemption for the, for the one who is apparently always second, passed over. You get the firstborn's blessing and, well, I get what I get, right? Can you, can you relate with that? You know, even Jesus, Adam, the scriptures are very clear that Adam was the first man, right? That God wanted to give everything to and he fell. And then Jesus, I believe it's in Corinthians, at the moment, I'm going with that because I think that's right at the moment, um, whereas Jesus is the, is the second man who comes and restores all things that he wanted to give to God. So um, I should stop rabbit trailing, but I just want to encourage you this morning, if you often or always feel that way, the heart of a father um, does not favor one child over another, even though you read that in, this, in the Hebrew culture. Amen. Be encouraged in that way this morning. But So here we are. We're about to read in um, chapter 27 and verse 30. And this is where um, it becomes known to Esau and Isaac, for that matter, that, um, that the blessing has gone to Jacob um, by trickery. Okay? And so I'm just going to start reading. And I believe, I know you're familiar with this, but I believe you're going to see powerful things that perhaps might be the first thing that I'm, first time you've seen it that I'm going to point out. So here in verse 30, it says, Now it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So you see what's going on here is he's, he's coming into the know like, whoops, I gave the blessing to the wrong kid. So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Now listen, verse 33 says, then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I've blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. Now let me tell you something. This is why I had that long-winded introduction. Okay, there's, there's a truth of God's order in this story that I think we tend to kind of read over. Okay, it says, what does it say? It says, then Isaac trembled exceedingly think about what just happened he, he gave a blessing to the wrong kid and the word of God tells us that when he discovers it he trembled exceedingly what is that telling us um, for fathers or mothers in here for that matter if <laughs> if you gave a blessing to the wrong kid wouldn't you just kind of think well um, we'll do it again right We'll just, but I want to show you from the word of God that, that we write off some of the, of the truth of God's order because it doesn't match up with our scientific papers or the way we view reality anymore. And I tell you, he trembled exceedingly because he knew that, that in God's dominion to man that there is power in our mouth for blessing. And that that's not nothing. <laughs> he knew that this blessing that he gave to the firstborn was a real thing. It was something of substance. And, and it was given. Okay? That, this is where I was saying, you see stories of where God's order 
for them was matter of fact. And it's not for us anymore. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Okay, he trembled exceedingly. Why? Because he knew that it was real. And how does it end there? He says, um, and indeed, he shall be blessed. He knew that when he opened his blesser, say my mouth is my blesser. <laughs> he knew that when he opened his blesser and spoke it, that in God's order, in reality, I dare you to make a research paper that proves this. You can't do it. But in the truth of God, in reality, when he opened his mouth and blessed, it was a real thing, and he said, he indeed shall be blessed. He got your blessing. And it made him tremble. <laughs> it wasn't his plan. He meant to give that blessing that he spoke to the firstborn. But um, what is this telling us? When it comes out of the mouth... And I'm going to show you that it's blessing and curse. When it comes out of the mouth, it has the, it has the power, the, the dominion of heaven that God intended for man to have, that goes out. Does that make sense? Do we believe that? Do we live that way? We say, we go places and we say, God bless you. <laughs> you know what I think we do with that? Um, I think we've come, as a Christian culture, we've come to, um, to think that that's a way to let people know that we're Christian, to declare, not that I'm saying that's a horrible thing to do, but, but it's a way to declare where we stand and, and give glory to God and when, when we say, God bless you. But I'll tell you something, God's intention behind that was when you say, God bless you, something very real is happening. Do you hear that? Real power from the courts of heaven is in your mouth to say, God bless you. And what are you saying? You're saying, the blessing of God be on you. I'm going to show you where, I think, if we go according to plan, I'm going to show you where God says that he gives you that power. He gives you the power to open your mouth and change things in people's lives, to bring the power of heaven into their life. Do you believe that? Goes on and says, but he said, um, oh no, I, I should start in 34. Verse 34, when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, bless me also, my father. You see, these are not people who just thought, oh, okay, well, I just, I just got a blessing from dad. Uh, thanks for the blessing. They, um, they had a matter-of-fact belief in the power of, of the blessing tongue in obedience to God. You see that? And he does. You know, um, I, actually, I'll just keep reading. Um, and he said, uh, verse 35, Isaac says, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he's taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not received a blessing for me? Now, um, I'm probably going to keep reading, but let me just tell you something that comes to mind. Do you know that the pattern of Scripture is that um, through the father comes the prophetic blessing, um, through the mother is, is the genealogy, and do you know what blessing is? Blessing is the speaking of inheritance. 
I wish I could teach her about six hours today and it was so hard to narrow it down because it's, it's such a big thing, but I just feel like this is what we're supposed to do. So gather that when we bless with our mouth, say my mouth is my blesser, and when you bless with your mouth, what you're doing is in the image of God, you're created in the image of God, you're doing what a father does. And I don't care if you're a woman or a man. You are in the image of God, you are passing on inheritance. That's what a father does. Anything that's true of the nature of God, you can bless with. In power. I don't just mean you can say some words. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you in the word of God this morning that with the tongue, you can say anything true about the heart of a father over his children, lost or saved, and you are speaking powerful blessing. What you're doing is imparting inheritance. That's what a father does. In, the, in fact, in the biblical pattern, they would often give these blessings um, on their deathbed. Why? It was time to impart inheritance. You'll find that pattern true throughout all of the word of God. Okay? Don't wait until you're on your deathbed. Go bless your kids now. <laughs> bless your neighbors, your friends, um, your wife, your, anybody that comes across your path. You have a powerful blesser on the bottom of your face. That was God's design. Okay, and I have to say this, you know, um, so Isaac is given this blessing and Isaac was not technically a priest, right? But what we talked about last week, I think it was last week, God's plan has always been that all of us would be priests, right? We, all of us are called to be a bridge between the two realms. What's one powerful way we do that? We use our blesser. <laughs> Bless. Okay. Okay, I feel like I, I need to say this. Um, you know, the word of God says that Jesus intercedes for you in the courts of heaven. Do you know what he's doing? <laughs> He's agreeing with the Father. He is, he's speaking the blessing of that inheritance. Now, who lives in you? Jesus. Jesus lives in you. The Spirit is in you. For what? To join into that. To agree. Now, we're going to read about agreement from the Word of God, but it's to agree with the inheritance. And when you open your mouth, you take what's, what's already true, and you speak it into this realm. It actually has the power of God in it to bless. And last week, I'm just going to do one more thing before we dig into some powerful scriptures here. Um, how many of you remember last week I was telling you there's a difference between mercy and grace? Okay? I, I don't feel like I did a very good job, and I feel like God's asked me to do a better job. Um, you know, um, God is merciful, okay? And all through the story, he's merciful. Do you know grace is something that is unique, that is a finished work of Jesus' blood? Do you know that? What's the difference? Mercy is the heart of a father that says, no matter what you do, I, ha I love you anyway. Why? That's the heart of a father. That's mercy, okay? Grace, usually when you see the word grace, it's the word char charisma or charis, I mean to say. 
in the word of God. In other words, it's a powerful outworking. In other words, it's a through mercy, <laughs> by the blood of Christ, we get grace. Grace is the restoration of the dominion and authority. It's the restoration of your standing. It's the effectiveness and ability of heaven being restored in you. That's grace. You see how that's very different than, than mercy. <laughs> it, to get grace, it requires mercy. Jesus laying his life down for you and spilling the blood that covers you is mercy. But what it does is release the grace, the powerful outworking restored upon you to accomplish your callings. That's grace. Now, what we're talking about this morning is that, in other words, it is God's design that we don't believe in very much anymore. But they believed in that your mouth is for the impartation of grace. Do this, repeat after me. My mouth has the power to impart grace. Do you know how great grace is? <laughs> Do you know how powerful that makes you? In obedience to the Holy Spirit, of course. In agreement. It's always in agreement with heaven. Let's keep reading. Um, go with me to um, Matthew 16. We're going to look at some of what Jesus said. You're going to know this conversation. This is between um, Jesus and Peter. I'm starting um, chapter 16. Did I tell you verse 15 yet? <laughs> verse 15. It says, He said to them, this is Jesus talking to Peter, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now listen. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now listen, this is the authority that he puts on his church. What's his church? You are. Um, anyone, and it's right here in the passage, anyone who has the revelation of who Jesus is and accepts that, right? It's right here in the passage. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who gets this authority? Anyone who has the revelation of who he is and accepts that onto their life. You get this authority. And what authority is that? It's, it's the keys of the kingdom of heaven. How often do we talk about here where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is near? The kingdom of heaven is upon you. And, and what the, the original language actually means is, is it's close enough to reach out and grab. That's what it means by literally the words say it's close enough to reach and take. That's the keys. Okay, I give you the, the keys that unlock what's available to you in the finished work of Christ. Amen? And then it specifically begins to talk about the tongue. Notice it doesn't mention mouth or tongue here, but look at the words. It says, whatever you bind on earth. Do you know that you have the power to bind? 
I'm getting a lot of agreement. Do, do you live that way? When you go out and you see evil in the world around you, you see something that needs to be bound. Do you just have this great faith, like these characters we were just reading about that goes, well, God gave me an instrument, a weapon that is effective, that reaches the kingdom that's near and binds this evil when I see it. And to loose. You see people who need blessing shed out upon them. Do we believe like those guys that we just read where you know that God has given you a powerful instrument of reaching one realm like we talked about last week, reaching into one realm and with the power of your mouth you loose, impart grace, you loose heaven, you loose what they need. I came in this morning, I'm just going to give a testimony. <laughs> I came in this morning all bound up. I've, I've done something where I've ripped every muscle on the left half of my body. I don't know how that's possible. And uh, I can't sit still, so when I get that way, I get real angry. My wife begins to make fun of me, and it makes me madder. <laughs> and uh, so, so I come in, and people see me kind of walking around like a statue because I can't move and they pray for me and I've been loosened up. I can still feel even as the service is going on, it's loosening and loosening and um, it's, still, it's still happening but I could barely move this morning and here I am doing my normal pacing and flailing. <laughs> they did that with their mouth. I want to tell you, these people that came around me, they were not people going, oh Lord, could you just please? They were believing in their in the power that God put in their blesser. And they were declaring, you are going to be healed. Muscles are loosening right now. Your cells are doing what they're supposed to, according to the kingdom. And, and I'm walking around here doing what I do. Okay, go to Matthew 18. I just want to show you this. So often I hear people say, well, that's what God gave to Peter. Um, and it drives me up the wall. So we're not going to leave it there. That's what God gave to his church. And you are his church. It was always his idea that you would be, that, that all would be included in, re in being a priest, reaching into one realm and making that happen here in people's lives. Whether it's restoration marriage ministry, Okay, calling here to reach into, reach into heaven and bring that blessing into marriages that need grace. How, how many marriages need grace? <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, Matthew 18 and verse 10 says, um, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, talking about kids. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who's in heaven. I had to include that part. You know what I do? God gives me a passage, and I keep backing up going, how far back do I need to go to give this a context? And then I find myself in, like, the book before it. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So, but when I saw that, I had, to, I had to just point this out. Do you know, the word of God just said right there that um, their angels, that's a possessive word. In other words, do you know that there are angel armies assigned to you? That's not little, um, <laughs> thank you, little um, pudgy 
things that we put on the mantle, you really do have angel armies assigned to you. Why? Why does God do that? Because he has written purpose into your design. Okay, he's got destiny and purpose written into. He knew your days before you lived the first one and he has assigned angels to the things that he has planned for you in your life. It's recorded right there and other places. He says, for the son of man has come to save that which was lost. So you can take it to the bank that no matter how unique and varied your calling is, that um, this element is in it. You are, you are about carrying out the heart of a father. You're about taking what's lost, taking what's sick, taking what's confused, anything that is not the way it is in the heart of a father, in the kingdom of heaven, your calling is to bring things under subjection to the, to the authority of the name of Jesus in the aid of your angel armies with the power of your mouth and your gifts to bring it into subjection to his name. And then see, we have to believe, we have to believe these principles like they did, that, that the spiritual order that God laid down is actually why it works like it works, is actually how it works. Does that make sense? When you're praying over people's finances, hey, it's perfectly fine for God to provide it through the world systems or whatever. When you're praying, thank God for doctors, okay? Medical doctors who work on our physical bodies. God made us physical. But you know, when you're really, when you're praying for finances, bodies, marriages, jobs, businesses, ministries, whatever you're praying for, you're praying something out of a spiritual realm that follows those rules, Why am I reading this? <laughs> um, go, with, go down to verse 15 with me. I think we should probably be there. Actually, I'm skipping over that part of the 99 that was in the song this morning. Go back to 12. We're gonna, we've got to read 12. If we're going to have prophetic worship leaders, we're going to have to not skip the verses. <laughs> In 12 it says, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. We're reading about the heart of a father, Right? Even so, it's not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Now I want to tell you the reason I'm putting this in, that this is going to start to talk about here um, what we do when we have conflict among us. Because a father, um, fathers of multiple children, raise your hand. I only have one, but is there anything more painful than watching your kids in conflict with each other? It's like heartbreaking, right? So he gives instructions on what to do. And he goes and says, If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. That Here it is. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. 
You see, it's gathering together. And we're going to see, um, let me keep reading. It says, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. That's harsh, huh? But it goes on and said, verse 18, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, here it is, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, it's not just for Peter, it's for who? All of us, all of us who have the revelation that what Jesus, who Jesus is and that he's in you, the same power that raised him from the dead lives in you and comes out of your mouth. (laughs) And it says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree, you see how important agreement is? Do you know, um, actually, I think I have to keep reading. Yeah, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they'll ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. What's that saying? That's the same thing we've been talking about. The kingdom of heaven is right there in your reach. When you gather and agree, he's right there. All the authority, all that the kingdom of heaven provides is right there. Do we believe that? They did. They, they did. they believed it so much that they anguished when they accidentally spoke the wrong blessing over the wrong kid. They believed in the power of that agreement with heaven, with the mouth that, that once it's spoken, they were like, well, that's done. <laughs> you know, whether they did it correctly or not, whether they cursed or blessed, they just believed that like it's, it's already done. They would cry tears over it and anguish over it because they just figured it's been spoken. God gave dominion to man and put a blesser on your face and once it's spoken, the power of God goes out. You know, you're made in his image. How did he create? By speaking. He just said, let there be light and he made you in his image. How do you create? Heaven in people's lives hurting people, sick people, people who need it, you create with your mouth just like he did in his image. Hmm. Okay. Um, Do you know that um, it's not wrong to fear? Do you know that? Or have anxiety? Um, What other ideas did he give me? (laughs) It's not wrong to face a test. In fact, you know that times through Moses' mouth when he was with the people, he would say, um, the Lord's doing this among you to test you. So it can't be wrong to face a test or to fear or to have anxiety, to doubt. You know, that's not wrong. Do you know what is wrong? What is sin? Huh? Staying there. Staying there to agree with it. <laughs> it's total. You are going to feel fear, especially the more you push in where God's calling you. Believe me, you're going to feel fear, um, and that's that's normal, okay? But to agree with fear, that's not okay. You're going to feel anxiety, but when when you agree with anxiety, what you're agreeing with a different kingdom. And let me tell you, to take it up another notch when you speak it. Okay, so let me give an example. Um, 
If we were to say something like, boy, I don't know if we're going to make finance, you know, make the bills next month. That's unfortunate to say that. Now, now here's what I'm saying. It's, um, I'm not saying it's, un, it's unfortunate that you're in a financial crunch. I mean, as unfortunate as that is. I'm just saying to have agreement with something of another kingdom come out of your mouth, to begin to prophesy in a direction that you don't want it to go. You know, your mouth has the power to prophesy. I mean, whether you know it or not, um, you know, we're all prophet, priest, king, right? You hear me say that all the time. That's the calling of Jesus on our life. When you open your mouth, you're prophesying. Fathers over your children, especially powerful. Um, if you don't know that, get that now. When, when you open your mouth over your children, you're prophesying. Whether it's curse or it's blessing, whether you're speaking powerful things of God, destinies over their lives, or whether you're speaking curses about lies, about their worthlessness or whatever, either way, you are prophesying <laughs> over lives. You are dispatching angel armies from the throne room of God or you're dispatching angel armies from the kingdom of darkness that have fallen from grace. Do you know that? Okay, um, I'm going to do one more thing and then we have exciting stuff to do this morning. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the forbidden subject. Are you ready? <laughs> no, I guess I already started. We're already talking about prophecy. We're going we're gonna to talk about prophecy for a minute. You know, there's two ways that you use your mouth to impart grace. Remember, what did we say that is? You use your mouth to bring the power of heaven to bear in this reality, okay? They're both valid. <laughs> One way is, do you know that you can speak what, you, what is just true of the nature of God over people anytime you want? Okay? Can, can you walk up to any person on the planet and say, God loves you? <laughs> you can, right? Because it's just true of the nature of God. Do you, you can walk up to any person and say, and say, you know, I just want to bless you. I, I want you to know that, um, that God is trying to call you into an awareness that you're his beloved, that he's crazy about you. And you know, that's prophesying. That's bringing the powerful, the, the power of grace is being spoken over a person. Seed, powerful seeds are being planted that God can take and grow into a tree when you do that. God bless you. Um, anything that you know is true. Okay, that's the first way. Okay, you know, everything does not need to be prophetic in the sense that you just got a word. But now that I've said that, this is what I really want to tell you this morning. Um, you know that the prophetic should be the norm in the church. <laughs> Why? Why do I say that? The Word of God says that you're designed to hear from Him and respond. In fact, there's no such thing as, a, as operating or using a spiritual gift. I don't care which one it is. I don't care if it's the spiritual gift the world or the church has ever seen before, something totally unique. I don't care what it is. Spiritual gifts are the outworking of the Holy Spirit through you. It's not talents or things that you're good at or, or 
boy, I've found out I really enjoy this. Those are wonderful things to dedicate to the kingdom of God. But spiritual gifts are when the the power of God, a power that is beyond your own, brings the grace of heaven into this realm in ways that you can't, right? So the prophetic becomes absolutely essential. Um, when you're, there's two ways you can pray for someone. You can pray the heart of the Father any old time you want. In fact, you're called to. Pray without ceasing. Um, do not neglect the laying on of hands. Um, with permission, put your hands on people and pray for them. Thank God they did that for me this morning. And impart the grace of heaven. But there's an aspect where when you read in these pages, um, and I'm going to show you this in the scripture so you can totally believe me, but there's an aspect where, um, of walking out our faith, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, where God wants the prophetic to be normal in your life because all it is is, being, is walking in the Spirit is hearing from him directly in such a way that when you slap those holy hands on people and start to use your blesser, that you're, that you're receiving, you're agreeing with the courts of heaven. You know, there's a will over every person's life that you encounter. Every minute of every day, God has, it's the heart of a father. I never stop thinking about my son, and he never stops thinking about you or the person in next to you, or that you're going to run into. He always has a will. Our need is to know what that is, so that we can use what God gave us to release that grace over them into this realm. That's what they believed. Do you believe it? So the prophetic should be normal. Now I'm going to show you... um, Go to 1 Timothy um, chapter 4. I think we're going to... We're going to probably kind of start wrapping up with that, maybe. Chapter 4 and verse 12. This is Paul basically giving ministry advice to Timothy. Um, Now, who has a ministry? (laughs) Thank God you know that. That's right. Our our life is, is worship to him, right? So... So he's given advice to Timothy about ministry, but let this apply to you. Let this apply to your life. It says, let no one despise your youth. Have any of you had a calling in your life where you've, you've started into it and for whatever reason, in this case it's youthfulness or being young, um, but you've got some reason why the world would just assume automatically that you're not qualified for that. Have you been through that? And he's saying, don't let anybody despise your call. Okay? The word despise is let them bring it to nothing or let them consider it as nothing. Um, Listen to me. From the heart of the Father, you are not nothing. Okay? And the world can come up with a million reasons why you're not qualified for that amazing thing that he's bringing forth, the ministry he's bringing forth in your life. So he's given advice about that. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. How do you shut down despise? <laughs> Live in the spirit, right? Um, you can't argue with the grace of heaven being effective. And it says, "Um, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. 
I think this is speaking to his specific calling, okay? Now here it is, verse 14, it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Are you neglecting the gift that is in you? Do you know the gifts that are in you? If you don't, you're probably neglecting them. Just putting it out there. <laughs> but I'm going to give you I'm going to give you freedom here. You see there's no condemnation in Christ. He has plans to bring those gifts out of you, to make you an imparter of grace, a power that is far from beyond you, to do things that you could never do in your own strength. That's you you can't read the word of God and come up with any other game plan for your life. You know the word of God never says go do the best you can. <laughs> but here's why we're reading this. Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy and with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Can you hear that? It's given, given by prophecy. Prophecy is a normal thing. They don't talk about it like as if it's, it's for a, a few superstars here and there. There is the gift of prophecy, and that's another thing. We could talk about that another day, but I'm telling you, that's, that's not most of the time. That's not what you're reading in the New Testament when you read about when you read about God's plan that you're a receptor, that the Holy Spirit is in you, guiding, speaking, Giving, giving you prophetic impartation so you can bring a power that's, you're not executing your own plans. That would be boring. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> and scary. <right? laughs> and scary. You have to be prophetic. We're spiritual people. <laughs> to be a non-spiritual Christian is scary. <laughs> Do you know that? Lots of spiritual abuse there. Woo. Now, now here's what I want to tell you, and actually we'll go ahead and close with this. Or I'm getting, I'll get in a lot of trouble. Verse 15 says, meditate on these things. What things? <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the safe answer. <laughs> These things that were imparted by prophecy. You know, when you lay your hands on people, you should have the expectation that God's about to impart something for them. Or what are your hands on them for? You got nothing. <laughs> right? I got nothing. <laughs> Apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. But then it says, but then, you see, there's a giver of the grace and there's a receiver of it. And then it begins, this is talking, begins to show us the Father's heart or his game plan for the receiver of the grace of heaven. And what does it say? It says, meditate on these things. Let me tell you something. You're, you're in a body of pretty believing people. I've been in churches where, well, scary, like we talked about. Um, but you guys, are, you guys are awesome. This is a church, there, there is faith in this house. And when these words are being spoken to you, um, you as a receiver, you get to decide how you're going to handle that, what you're going to do with it. Amen? And it, we're beginning to read the instructions. It says meditate on these things. Have you ever just been distraught, just riddled with fear over something? 
Raise your hand if that's ever been the case for you. Okay, you know how to meditate. <laughs> it doesn't have to be taught. You're a natural meditator. <laughs> this, so let's change what we meditate about, okay? When, when the spirit of prophecy comes, and all I'm talking about is when, when God gives something to a person for you, he may speak it directly to you and then meditate on that. Or he may give it to you through a person. But this is saying meditate on that. Now I'm going to show you something. It says give yourself entirely to them. To what? Those things spoken. The word of grace, other places, um, I have no idea where it's at right now, specifically says the word of grace given to you. Paul writes that way. What's that? He's spoken words. He's written words that bring the power of heaven, the power of grace. And he says the word of grace spoken to you. Okay, those words, it says, give yourself entirely to them. How do you do that? Have you ever gotten a, I know this is what I used to do. You get a prophetic word or you, you get a word, okay? And you think, okay, well, um, God's word does not return to him void. So you start waiting and you start thinking, we're going to see someday, if that's a true word from God, <laughs> you know, um, we're going to see that come to pass, right? That's what we think. But this is saying meditate on it. Be intentional. Give yourself entirely to it. <laughs> Waiting. Okay, if we want to agree with heaven and release the power of the grace, then there's a very participating way that we receive the words of God into our life. Meditate on that. Instead of the fear or whatever else you meditate on, meditate on that and give yourself entirely to it. Now listen what it says next. That your progress may be evident to all. Isn't it interesting that progress is automatically, like matter-of-factly, attached <laughs> to the meditation and the giving yourself to the things God speaks over you. Meditate. Give yourself to it. Um, okay. Thank you, Father. Um, so, I believe that um, what's going to happen next is um, God is going to speak words of blessing over people in this place. Um, we're going to do two things. One, we have a dedication to a little one. Where are you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and we're going to speak words of blessing. Okay? And we believe in this place that God's, God's put power in what we're about to speak. Um, we're also here on Father's Day, um, you know, where we're reading this morning the uh, Father's blessing, the power of a Father's blessing. And our world is full of people um, that have not had the, um, the amazing power of a Father's blessing over their destinies. Um, but we're going to open it broader than that because... Um, See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a silly guy, and God's not just a silly guy. When he says something, see, all the time people come to me and remind me of something I said, and I'm like, I said that? 
God's not like that. When he says it, he's not forgetful. Um, he, he knows he said it and he meant it and he'll always mean it. Um, so here's what I'm getting at. We're going to do two things. For, for anyone here today, and this will be after the dedication, but I want to tell you now. Um, we're going to have spiritual fathers, callings on people that, that have a spiritual fatherhood calling on their life. Elders and other ministers from the church are going to be up here. For anyone who knows that, um, that you are absent a father's blessing, imparting that powerful grace over your life, um, I believe God is your father. He's not hindered by what's been done, by what's been neglected, okay? And he's going to impart words of blessing on you for all who would come for that. But I also want to open it broader. Um, those, um, I believe that even if you have um, received powerful blessing, God's given you a, a good earthly father, and he has blessed, maybe he's blessed, I try to bless my son every day. Um, I, I don't, always succeed but fathers <laughs> bless your kids every day do it about a hundred times a day <laughs> just bless them bless them bless them speak life um and if you've had a father like that um it is still open to you um our perfect father never stops speaking inheritance onto our life he never stops so whether you've been neglected in that sense or not, if you want to come up um, for that Father's blessing, you just come on up here. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to show up in power and speak words of inheritance over you. Amen? Okay. West Falls. Will you come up here? <laughs> Actually, we're going to slide those. Randy, will you slide those to the middle for me? Thank you, brother. Actually, do me one more favor. Would you slide them up so that we can pack some family and some elders behind you in a minute? Perfect, thank you. These are thrones. <laughs> Comfy thrones. He says, because they're royalty in the family of God, all three of them. And... um what do we want to say? I just want to, just in case some of you don't know the story, this is a miracle, this child, Tristan Marion Westfall. I got that right, yeah. right? Is a miracle. Um, she is not supposed to be able to have children. Okay? Principles, the way it works in the spirit, now I'm going to start preaching again. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of those moments where you look in the face of one of God's children that's just been born and it didn't follow this world's rules. <laughs> okay? You guys want to say anything? Should I get a microphone? <laughs> okay, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, they asked for dedication, and we're going to do that. Um, but the way I believe, and I believe the calling of God, there's three callings up here. Well, there, there's many more than three, but three that we're going to focus on, okay? This one is um, one of the most powerful in the kingdom of God. 
Do you see me speak in grace? The calling on Tristan's life is going to blow the world away. It's going to change the world for the kingdom of God, and we're going to anoint that. Um, we also have this guy's got all kinds of callings on his life, and so does she, but we're going to anoint um, for the specific ministry of fatherhood and the specific ministry of motherhood. How many of y'all know that are already fathers and mothers that without the Spirit of God in you, you have no chance not to stink at this? <laughs> okay, so we're going to anoint for fatherhood. Uh, motherhood and the powerful callings, whatever they are, in the throne room of God. Her days are written. Actually, I have to read this scripture. Y'all know this. This is from Psalm 139. Nope, I'm going to go back to Psalm 22 <laughs> because I know you guys well enough to know that this is a blessing. Um, in verse 9, it starts and says, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Did you hear that? From my mother's womb, you've been my God. I know that that's true in this case. This was very prayed over. These are people that have their faith in Jesus, and this miracle had came to fruition through words of blessing, through lots of prayer. And um, even in her mother's womb, Tristan was God's. Am I telling the truth? It says, for you formed, now I'm in 139. <laughs> for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. What? The days, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. And so there's destiny Every member of the family of God has destiny on their life. And do you guys know that as parents, the, the real calling of parents is to agree with God and in every way that he calls you to bring about his destiny over Tristan. And we're just, we're going to be praying for that, okay? Um, with the elders, come on up. grandparents would you come on up and stand behind this is what we're going to do we're just going to anoint for these purposes and, um, and then i'm going to open it for you to be prophetic did that scare anybody i know it didn't scare our elders got other grandparents coming <laughs> in other words the only thing i'm saying is i'm going to open it for you to listen to the Holy Spirit and speak wor powerful words of grace over all three destinies sitting here, okay? Is that okay? Grandparents, is that okay with you? Okay, okay. Randy, I anoint you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the ministry of fatherhood. Be filled with the Spirit with everything you need specifically for this purpose. In the name of Jesus.
And Kendra, I anoint you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be anointed specifically for the ministry of motherhood. May the Holy Spirit fill you to overflowing for everything that you're going to need, everything that Tristan's going to need, that he wants to provide through you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we anoint Tristan. Marion Westfall, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that even before she was born, (laughs) that she was yours in the kingdom of God and that you have written a destiny for her, a destiny in the Holy Spirit. And we release, we just speak words of blessing. In the name of Jesus, she will be blessed. She will be powerful. She will be full of joy. And I just to open it, I invite, we're not afraid of silence. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you and speak words. Speak words with a faith where you declare what shall be about any of these three. I declare in the name of Jesus that the miracle that's already happened is a testimony that's going to ripple out. It's going to change the way people believe. Believers and unbelievers are going to hear the testimony of this miracle. And I declare that it is going to make impacts for the kingdom of God because it's going to change what people are able to believe. How, how active your love are, how active your love is in people's lives is, is going to go out because of the testimony that you've already made in the name of Jesus.
Thank you. You are going to walk in the grace of knowing that you are a miracle. You're going to release that grace of miracles wherever you go. And you are going to be the living testimony of God's grace and miracles in your life and in others. Lord, we thank you for the assurance that she is sealed in the Spirit. She is your beloved. She's your child. She's your warrior (laughs) in the name of Jesus and that there is a great assurance that she, um, she can never be snatched from your love, that no power in this universe can take her from you. And um, we declare that her destiny will not be thwarted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, actually, you guys that are going to be doing Father's Blessings, you can just stay right up, right up here. Um, Okay. I'm just going to pray. Just going to pray. That's all I'm going to (laughs) do. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to continue to remain with us in a time... um, Yeah, where are my guys? 
Okay, come on up. Come on up, and we're just going to pray. We're going to... Um, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin releasing Father's blessings from the courts of heaven. doesn't matter if you've had one before. It, it doesn't matter if you just want fresh blessing. Um, however you're being led, you come up, and um, these guys are ready to listen to heaven and uh, are ready to speak powerful words of grace. Okay, we believe that. Do you believe that? Okay, we release that. In the name of Jesus, from the courts of heaven, we, we know that you are the perfect father. No matter, no matter how good or how bad our father was here, we know that you are the father that has perfect love. You're the one who wrote our days. You're the one who has designed and laid out our destinies and that that inheritance is in your words. We believe these things and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal to us what you have as inheritance for us. In the name of Jesus, as people come, as people seek you for, for a blessing from your Father heart for their inheritance. In the name of Jesus.